church glad that y'all are here and joining us uh, thank you everybody joining us on live stream it's such an honor to have you with us this morning to come and to hear god's word and to worship him this morning as you can see i'm joined this morning my little baby girl annie grace can you say hey say hey everybody oh, and the and the entire crowd says oh guys i i just want to say thank y'all for being here it's 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 great to, to come together and, and, and get in God's house and just be able to worship him with, with, with you know, with people. And, you know, it's, it gets kind of, it gets kind of uh, boring, I guess, in a sense to, you know, when it's just with your family all the time. And we, we saw that last year in the time of uh, having to be quarantined and doing church from home and COVID. But when we, it's just when we get together, when we get together with people who aren't just in our household every day, when we get together with people who's, who, who we don't get to see very often, and we get to come in like mind and one accord and praise our Heavenly Father, praise Jesus, and praise the one who, 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 who gave us eternal life, who loves us, who, the one who saved, who gave himself for us. It's so great to get in, get in his presence and to honor and worship him, but then get in his word as well. And you know what? It's fun getting them in his presence as well. Bringing our children up in his holy presence. Bringing our children up in the word. Bringing our children up in some Jesus. Can I get an amen? Look, God's good. He's been good to us all. This morning, what we're doing, we have a, a little special thing later for fathers and uh, to honor our fathers and our, our, our earthly, heavenly, our uh, spiritual fathers of the house. And, and, 
and we're, we're going to get to that a little bit later, but I want to say how important it is. I know Pastor Andy's going to touch on it later, but how important it is to honor our fathers. But now honor our Heavenly Father. We can never leave that out. We can never, because because no matter what our earthly father or who our earthly father is, has been, maybe, whoever could be in the future, it doesn't even matter. It matters who our heavenly father is, and that's God, that's Jesus, and, and, what, and who he is to us. And that, that's why we're here. We're here to honor him. We're here to praise Him, and we're here to lift Him up because He's worthy of our praises. He's worthy of what we have. And, and we, we just talked about in Sunday school for our night students is, is that, you know, God has given us this life. He's given us this body. He's given us this breath that's even in our lungs so that we should now take it back and give to Him and honor it. And what, what greater way to honor it but then to honor it with praises to the giver, praises to the one who gives and the provides. So this morning, church, if everybody would stand, we're about to get into worship, and let's let's this morning get in a a time and a place where we can give back. We can give back our breath, give back the very breath He's given to Him in honor of our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. So let's pray this morning as we go into this service. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you today. I thank you for all your blessings, God. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to wake up today. I thank you for allowing uh, us to be able to come together as our, with our families and, and to be able to just to be, to be here, God. Lord, I thank you for the very breath, God, that you've given. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, allowing us to, Lord, just be able to live today. Lord, you've given us our life. You've provided for us today. So, Lord God, today as we move in this service, as we move today out, Lord, I say, Lord, pour out your anointing. As we give our breath, Lord, as we give our life, as we give our time, Lord, as we give our praises, our worship to you today, I pray that you pour out your holy anointing on us in this place. God, I pray that you, Lord, pour out in a mighty way that you touch every heart, touch every life, and, Lord, speak to every person today. God, there's nothing that you cannot, Lord, teach us, Lord. There's nothing new, Lord God, that, Lord, you can teach us, Lord, new things every day. Lord, there's, there's something we can always learn from your word, from what you have to say. And I pray that you pour out your love and mercy and grace on us today in every single way. God, Lord, you see everybody here, everybody watching on live stream. I pray that you, Lord, touch them today. Lord, if there's a need that may be in their life, that you, Lord, meet the need, God. You see every single one and you see every single thing. So, Lord God, I pray that you meet the needs of the house today. And God, I pray, Lord, that you, Lord, lead us today in your holy presence, God. Lord, anoint our pastor as he prepares the word and preaches the word, but also, Lord, anoint the, uh, the musicians and the singers, God, as they, Lord, usher us into the presence of God. Lord, we give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord,
presence of the Lord. Oh, let the veil down, let the praise go up. Oh, let the veil down, let the praise go up. Oh, let the veil down. We're in the presence of the Lord. Let the veil down, let the praise go up. Oh, let the veil down, let the praise go up.
we face circumstances in our life, and I know that I've mentioned this time and time again. We face things and we face obstacles and we face uphills and downhills, and there's times that we're just, what's going to happen next? And then over the last few weeks, I've, I've had several that's come to me and they said, you know, this is a doorway that I need to go through, or this is a doorway I may not need to go through, and I need a door open, I need a door closed. And I, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm just going to leave it in the hands of God. You know, the thing about it is, is, is when we do that, in the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, all of our troubles He can handle, He can take care of. They can vanish at the very mention of His name. I've been hurt and I've been, I've been wounded and I've been hurt in church and so-and-so hurt me and they said something ugly about me. and they, You know what? The Holy Spirit of God can mend those hearts. Do you mean to tell you somebody that's been hurt by church more than you ever thought about being hurt by church folks? That was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Think about it. He wasn't hurt. He wasn't hurt by the sinners. Just a couple of days ago, they was hollering, Hosanna, Hosanna, King of kings and Lord of lords. And then a couple of days later, they was crying, Crucify! You think you've been hurt by church? Hearts, go back. Hearts are mended. It's only, all of that can only happen in the presence of the King. They're going to sing this one more time. If you need something from God now, is the greatest time of, as any. Whatever you need, God can take care of it. His Holy Spirit is willing and able right now to touch whatever you need in your life. All you got to do is take a step out in faith. We're in the presence of Jehovah. But what do you need? God's willing to take care of it this morning.
hands all over the house. Would you just take a few, few seconds? Would you just thank Him? Thank Him for what He's done in your life. Thank Him for how He's, how he's blessed you. Thank Him for how He's raised you. Thank Him for how, he, how He's healed your body. Thank Him for how He's touched your mindset and your heart. Thank you for what He's done in your life today and what He's going to continue to do. Thank Him for all the blessings He's given you. God, we praise You today. We thank You. We know that You're a prayer answering God. We know that You're able to move on every need, every request. And God, right now, we praise you because we know you're going to continue to move in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Glory be to God. Would you give God another hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. This morning we are here for this Father's Day. What a great day to come in the house of God. Amen? Come to worship our Heavenly Father. Amen? Glory be to God. Amen. God, thank you so much for being here today uh, on this Father's Day. I know everybody, and I think I mentioned this on Mother's Day, everybody makes a... Dads, I believe everybody makes a bigger deal about Mama's Day. I don't know about you. Every time on Mother's Day, if we happen to go to the restaurant to go out to eat or anything like that, you can't get in on Mama's Day. On Father's Day, it's easy to get in. Everybody, I think everybody, dads, am I, am I the only one that thinks this? Y'all don't leave me in here by myself on this. <laughs> Live feed. I ain't even going to repeat what she just done. Live feed. There, somebody said, I won't say who, who Sister Amanda was, but said there's a nine months difference is the reason a greater deal is made about Mama's Day than Father's Day. I'll give you that one. I've been told on numerous occasions that, and I don't know about you dads, if any of you have ever passed a kidney stone, We're not going to start exchanging numbers on this one. Very painful. But I've been told that passing a kidney stone is... I've been told by mamas that have gave birth. been told that passing a kidney stone is worse than giving birth. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I don't want to know. Hello? Because if it's anywhere close to passing a kid, I don't want to know. I know a lot of dads that when they come in, there's a lot that happens. And then prior to the nine months and then during the course of the nine months, a lot of times dads, they're just oohing and aahing over. And some dads, they get all upset and they leave the picture. They don't want to be in, involved in a child's life anymore. But there are some dads that they, they take up the mantle of being a dad. 
How many knows that just because you was there prior to the nine months, just because you might have been there in the hospital room, that does not make you a dad. It makes you a biological dad, but it does not make you a dad. A dad is one that is there when bumps and bruises happens and you're there to clean those bumps and bruises. You don't leave it all to mom to do. A dad is also one that will teach their son and their daughter how a mom is supposed to be treated. Oh, come on. A, da- a true dad is one that I remember, I'll never forget it. Some of you was here. We was out in the foyer and we was painting. Sister Carrie had to take Miss Katie to the doctor and got there and she's going to have to get a shot. Brother Bob, she didn't like Mama being there when she got a shot. She wanted Dad to be there. Well, Mama calls Dad and says, you got to come on. She's just, I, I come down off the ladder, went on up there, held her while she got the shot. I don't know. She said that it seemed to be better when Dad was there. I don't really know. But dads don't leave everything for mom to do. A true dad is there through the good and the bad to help take care of the children. Amen? A dad is one that you may be what they they classify and they call as a stepdad, legality-wise. But a dad is one that even if you was a stepdad, that you are one that you're going to treat those children just like they was your very own. You're not showing a difference. Amen? That's what it is to be a dad. So this morning we have, we have a gift for our dads. And I've got three young ladies, and yes, they've done hand sanitizer. Okay? If you're a dad both biological or spiritual dad, you got to wave at them and make sure that they see you, okay? While they're doing that, you'll go ahead and go full screen, and I've got a video I want to show you. And I want you, while this video's playing, I hope the audio's on this. <laughs> while the video's playing, dads, y'all can go ahead. Dads, I want you to watch this, and, I, and, and, and there's sayings that this is going to bring up. And I want you to raise your hand if, yeah, I know you're waving at them, but I want you to raise your hand if you've ever said this. Go ahead. Police sirens, don't worry about it. They're coming for you. How many dads ever said that? Uh huh. After you give a kid a dollar, you say, Y'all, don't, y'all be lively. When they can't scan the item at the grocery store, what happens? I'm gonna go to the gas station a little bit and I hope it don't scan. When something breaks, come on, help. You said that. I need my ears. 
Father's Day. Would you give all of our dads a hand clap this morning? Amen. Amen. Go to the next slide. Continue to raise your hands if you have dads, if you've we got any more dads, you got got a couple more dads. Any more dads? Any more dads? Again, let's give our let's give our dads a hand clap this morning. Amen. Thank you, young ladies. Thank you. Thank you. This morning. Oh, I had a squirrel moment. Don't do that to me. It don't take much. <laughs> this morning, uh, uh, last Sunday, and I, I was. I, this is the sermon that I was going to preach last Sunday. If you was here Wednesday night, or if you watched our live feed, we've been talking over the last few weeks, and I'm not gonna. We're not gonna have a long morning. I want us because I know that many want to go see their dads and go visit and have time with family, and I, I'm greatly, greatly appreciate that. This morning, for the next few moments, I want us to take a look at receiving the Holy Spirit of God in baptism. Receiving the Holy Spirit of God in baptism. A couple of weeks ago, it was Pentecost Sunday. How many knows that that's my favorite Sunday of the year? It's my favorite Sunday of the year. People love Easter. They love, they love uh, uh, New Year's. They love, uh, they love Christmas. All these, I love Pentecost. It's the birthday of the New Testament church. And I'm so happy to be a part of that New Testament church. Amen? Come on. But there's a lot of times that we get in Pentecostals. Remember, we're Pentecostals, right? I got one or two. Let me ask it again. We're Pentecostals, right? Y'all got to remember I'm deaf, okay? But the thing about it is, is Pentecostals a lot of time, we get, on the, we get in the hype about Pentecost Sunday, but we never start a teaching process about the building of the New Testament church. We never go through the process of what happens after that. What goes on and what takes place. We're all in the hype and, and excitement and the zeal of Pentecost, but the question is, Pentecost Sunday's already gone. Now what do we do? Well, you know what? The New Testament church, they started wandering around looking at the same thing. They're trying to figure out, what do we do next? Well, they've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. What does it do for me? What does He bring into my life? What happens next? 
So I want to take a look at a couple of verses here. First, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. There's a whole big conversation here. I'm not trying to get into a big conversation, but I'm just reading to you Scripture. It says, Don't get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Now look at the next verse. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of... They were all together in one place. So we start talking about that, about how that they was together in one place. How that they've been filled with the Spirit of God. We all know the story about how that they came out. I imagine it's something like this. They was Because the Bible says they was in the upper room. And I can just imagine out the door that goes out from that upper room and there's a staircase there. And they start to come out and they're going down that staircase and there was folks there thinking, oh, what's going on? What is this? And Peter gives the greatest sermon, one of the greatest sermons he'd ever preached was given that day. He said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but they have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. And there was those that was there that day and they was, oh, something's going on because some of those are speaking our language and they shouldn't know our language. Many commentators and Bible scholars have said that they believe that that day, does anybody remember the Tower of Bible when they was babbling? That, one, that little corny joke was for my daughter. She says, I got dad jokes. That day on the Tower of Bible, they was there and their language was confused because they was trying to get up to the heavens and be as God themselves. How many knows that we can't do that? We cannot just say that, oh, I'm God. No, that doesn't work that way. God is God and we are servants of God. Amen? Alright, so on that day, on the day of Pentecost, many Bible scholars, and I believe that this is part of, but on the day of Pentecost, the Tower of Babel, the, 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 what was placed that day, has now been changed. And guess what? We can all work together in one mind and one accord. Amen? They was in the upper room that day. Now, let's go on and let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Through 41. Starting in verse 37, reading straight through, it says this. And when they heard, they was cut to the heart. And they said to the Peter and the rest of the apostles, What do we got to do? What shall we do to get what y'all got? Now, in the last couple of weeks... I still can't tell you who the third one is. But in the last couple of weeks, three from this church has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. Would you give God a hand clap of praise for that? I ain't telling you who the third one is till they're here. They're at work today. 
But here's what we've got to understand. Every one of them has told me, said, man, that was, a, that was totally different than anybody. Everybody's told me. But that was so much different. So much better than what everybody had said. And so that day, on the day they was outside of the upper room, they're talking to him and they said, what do we got to do to receive the joy y'all got? Amen? Look at verse 38. 38 says this. Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift. I mean, it's glad that our Heavenly Father gave us a gift. This morning you received a gift. Fathers, you received a gift from the church. Some point of the day, you're going to receive a, a Father's Day gift from your family. But how many is glad of the gift that our Heavenly Father gave to us? Amen. I'm glad of that gift. Amen. Go on, verse 38. It says this. Oh, back up. I, I, I said go on. I'm sorry. I'm telling me to go on. Verse 38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 39, For the promise. I'm so glad that there's promises in the Word of God. Amen? The promises in the Word of God are yes and amen for you and I. I'm glad I get to receive those promises. Amen? I'm glad that when God said something, God's going to do it. Amen? The promise is for you, your children, and for all who are afar off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. Verse 40. And with many other words, Peter bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. We're going to talk about that at some point, either today or next Sunday. Last, verse 41. Verse 41 says this. So those who received His word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Church, you know, many people tell me, they'll ask me, they'll say, what, what have we got to do today, Brother Bob, what have we got to do today to receive the Holy Spirit of God like they did then? What have we got to do today for the Holy Spirit of God to move like He did 20 years ago, like He did 15 years ago? What have we got to do for God to move like He used to do? Well, I said Wednesday night, God hadn't changed. How many believes that? So if God's not working, follow with me on my logic here. If God's not working like He used to and God doesn't change, something has to change, right? Something has had to have changed, right? And if God hasn't changed, then what's changed? We've changed. 
When I say we, I'm not necessarily talking about just Coosa Valley. I'm talking about the church world as a whole. Amen? How many is with me? Anybody mad yet? Come on. What we need to understand is God has not changed. His word is still the same. God is wanting to do, but I'm going to tell you something. There is a whole lot going on in the church world today and there's some misinformation. There's some confusion because, you know, the, 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 the secular world thinks that they have invented something. The secular world thinks that they invented the woke culture. W-O-K-E. The secular world thinks that they have brought something into existence. The woke culture, unfortunately, did, did anybody hear me say unfortunately? Y'all say the word unfortunately. Thank you. I want to make sure everybody gets this. The woke culture has unfortunately started inside the local churches. Hello? The woke culture says, oh, I'm offended by that. You've got to change if you want me to be associated. Well, let me, let me enlighten us all on something. How many believes that you can change the Word of God? Raise your hand. Live feed, if you think you can change the Word of God, let us know. Because i got to talk to whoever it is. Since the Word of God is not going to change, God has not changed, therefore I've got to make a change if I want to be accepted by God. Well, how do I make that change? i got to do it all by myself. Come on, hello, y'all got to help me out. I got to do it all by myself. No. The Holy Spirit of God is going to bring that change in our lives. Amen. What we've got to understand is when, how many remembers the day before you got saved? And then there was that day you got saved. It just felt like something was drawing you. Look, you ain't got to be in a church house to get saved. So many people think that, oh, I got a formula that I've got to go through to get saved, to get sanctified, and to get baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. I've got, I've got, a, I got to dance on one foot. I've got to say these special magic words. And that's what I've got to do to be saved. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit of God starts to draw in you Everyone is going to have a different experience with God. Hello? You ain't been through what I went through. Hello? And I ain't been through what you've been through. And so there's got to be a different change in your life than is in my life. Hello? God's going to work with each one of us individually. The Bible says that we've got to work out our own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Now, all of that being said, I don't want you to think that I'm dismissing anything from Bible, but what you've got to understand is simply this. Whenever...
the Holy Spirit of God draws you. There are things that God is going to change if you let Him. It's mandatory. Now, let me just give you a, an example here. We have Coosa Valley Electric here at the church and at the house. If I go to them and I say, I want to turn the power on here at these three buildings and I want you, Coosa Valley Electric, to provide that power. Do you think... Give me, give me room. Do you think that Coosa Valley Electric is just going to give that to me free of charge? How many believes that? Oh, let me rephrase that. How many does that happen in your life? <laughs> None of us. There's things that we must do in Coosa Valley Electric to operate here in these buildings, right? First, they have to come out and they've got to inspect. They've got to put their box on the wall outside. That ain't my box. They've put a box that's called a meter. The rest of it is ours. That meter belongs to who? They can come out here and they can cut it off. They can take that circle out, and I ain't going to get no power, am I? What happens to cause them to cut that power off? I didn't pay the bill. Very first, one of the very first churches we was at was the Sunday night. I just got voted in as the pastor. That Sunday night, it was, a, it was a beautiful day outside. Sun was shining. That Sunday night, we're having, we're having a church service. I'm in the middle of preaching. All of a sudden, the power went off. I said, well, I guess I know the first thing that I got to do as a pastor is find out if the power bill's been paid. Everybody laughed about it. Power bill was paid. Somebody had hit the pole down the road. Outside things, we can allow. Come on now. Outside things we can allow to stop the power of the Holy Spirit of God operating in our lives. Hello? If I did not let Coosa Valley, if, now I wasn't here when this building was built. Y'all don't think that, okay? Because remember, I'm only 21 and this building's 20 years old. But the day that this building, that they brought that meter out here, Somebody had to meet them here. They had to look around. They put that meter up, right? Now, I know they put the meter up prior to the building because they, you know, had to have electricity for everything else. But just follow with me, okay? It's a whole big process here, but just follow. What we've got to understand is the Holy Spirit of God wants to have an inspection in our lives. Hello? But too many times we want to make the changes ourselves and not allow God to change us. If we try to change ourselves, how long do you think that lasts? It don't last long. I know folks that they have been, quote, scared into getting saved. Six months later, I pray that they stayed saved. But six months later, they're, living the, they're back in the rut they was in. Why? Because it wasn't true salvation. There's not a formula 
We just need to go to God and get a hold of God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There are some that's on TV that will tell you there's thousands of ways to get salvation. No, there's only one way, and that's through the cross of Calvary. That's through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's through Christ. Amen? Outside of that, you can be in your car going down the interstate. You can be at your home. Look, I've heard all places that people's gotten saved. Somebody said, well, I can only get saved right here. Well, if you can only get saved right here, what's wrong with that spot? Brother Andy, you're being silly now. No, I'm being serious. If there's nothing wrong with this spot, and there's nothing wrong with this spot, then there's nothing wrong with that spot. But the next step is very important. You've got to make sure that you stay a hold of God. Hello? You've got to make sure you stay a hold of God. You've got to plug in with a great church family that's teaching and preaching the Word of God. Now, I want to go on and I want us to look at more on the Holy Spirit of God because we're talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. The first thing that I want us to talk about is... And I knew what I'm trying to just lay a foundation. Next Sunday, we're going to really, I'm going to really dig into some more of this, but I wanted to just try to lay a little bit of a foundation here. Everybody needs to understand that the experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God is for all believers. Put that on the screen, please. The Holy Spirit of God, the experience of the Holy Spirit of God is for all believers believers there's nobody left out I've had people to come to me and they'll say oh well I've been saved for 30 years and God hasn't baptized me yet okay I don't have an answer for that I don't know why God goes in what different order that he goes in all I know is God operates how God is going to operate but we need to understand that the experience is for all believers. Joel prophesied. And this prophecy was repeated by Peter on the day of Pentecost. Joel said, and he stressed, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God is for all believers. We just got to believe in Him. Here's the catch to that. Now, this is going to be a little more of I'm trying to do more teaching on this because I, a lot of times we get in the zeal and we get in the hype and we lose things and people are not being discipled. How many knows that we've got to be discipled? How many, how many believes with me? And I'm just going to talk about the church of God because that's our denomination. See that the church of God has lacked on how they disciple. What is, what is being discipled? You go into that Sunday school class, you're being discipled. This morning in Sister Amanda's Sunday school class, they had a Sunday school lesson. There's three or four in that Sunday school class, and I asked one of them this morning, I said, did you enjoy Sunday school? And she said, uh-huh. 
And she's got her little worksheets and she's excited about it. Let me tell you something. You want to, you want to know more on the Word of God? Plug into one of those Sunday school classes. If the adult Sunday school class you feel like is way over your head, Sister Amanda will welcome you on her class. You can, I'm going to go in there. You'll color. That's where the Owen's at. He loves it. <laughs> There's candy in that class. You can go into the Ignite Sunday school class. Sometimes there are donuts in there. Brother Bob, next time there's donuts, meeting you going upstairs. But teaching, is, I believe, is one of the biggest areas that we have laxed on. Because, and, I, and I'm going to just be honest with you. Can I be, can I be just straightforward with you on this? I believe that a lot of times people, they... And especially in the Pentecostal realm, because I've had people to come to me and tell me this. I've actually had people come to me and tell me this. Whenever there is teaching going on, that's, that's boring. That's boring. You know what? That's how we grow and learn. How many can tell me that from kindergarten through the 12th grade, every day was an exciting and wonderful day? <laughs> no. But we've got to have those, those days of learning so we can be a disciple of Christ. Amen? Now, the Lord desires to pour out His Spirit upon all people this is found in Numbers chapter 11, also in Joel chapter 2. This idea that the promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God upon individual believers, it transcends and goes beyond time, race, color, gender, anything. It transcends that. Why? Because the promise is for everyone. Acts chapter 2. In verse 39, the expression, can you go back to that verse? Acts chapter 2 and 39, the expression found here is for all who were afar off. I promise I ain't going to keep you just another minute. Watch this. This is often understood in geographic. But it, in, in all likelihood, this is talking generation after generation after generation. Now I want to tell you something in closing. There was some that we've been talking about generational curses. And we'll bring that up. We'll talk about that at some point. But some have talked about generational curses and how things are passed down from generation to generation. Some believes and some don't believe. I believe there is a such thing as a generational curse, but I also believe that God has given us the power to break that generational curse. Hello? I want to show you something. 
Miss Katie, can you come here? I want to show you something. Come right on up here. Now, I can pass along to her. I can pass along to her a generational curse. As she has grown and matured, I could. You're ugly. You mean nothing. You're not good for anything. You'll never amount to anything. Now, I know she can still hear me, but this is symbolic, okay? I could, in raising her, that could have been how she was raised. But we all know she wasn't raised like that. You are loved. Oh, purple. You are blessed. Hello? Come on. You are highly favored. Hello? Why? Because you're my child. No. Because you're a child of a king. Hello? She has been given to us to take care of, but she didn't belong to us to begin with. She belonged to our Heavenly Father. And our Heavenly Father has entrusted our children to each and every one of us. Hello? Dads, this is Father's Day. This is Father's Day. What we've got to understand, what we've got to understand is simply this. Hello? We've got to understand that how we speak to our children, how we raise them, how we treat them, you're going to either carry on that generational curse or you're going to call them blessed. Hello? I'm so glad my daughter's blessed. She's blessed because I'm her daddy. Y'all pray for her. Please, she said. But back to that verse. You ain't got to put it back up there, but this is where I'm going with this. Acts chapter 2 and 39. For those who are afar off. Let me tell you something. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is referring to generation after generation after generation after generation. But church, let me give you a staggering statistic. The Pentecostal church is two generations from being wiped out. The Pentecostal church as a whole is two generations from being wiped out. How do we change that? By them going into Sister Amanda's class. And they learn about the baptism in water. 
They learn about Noah. They learn about Moses. They also learn about the book of Acts. They learn about the New Testament. And then they move up to the next into Ignite. And they eat donuts. But they also learn more, deeper into the Word of God. And then we get to that point in time, we're like, oh, everything else is boring. No, the fact is, if we want to be a part of the Pentecostal movement, we want to be a part of the church, we've got to continue that process of learning. We've got to continue that process of growing. We've got to continue that process of discipleship. That's what we're going to be looking at and doing over the next several weeks. Digging into the Word of God more than we ever have before. Amen? Would you stand all over the house? Church. When I heard that statistic, when I heard that statistic, that the Pentecostal movement was two generations from extinction, I thought, what? That can't be right. Then I was shown. And I was like, wow. Guess what? We've got to do something. We've got to teach. Look, I'm coming against generational curses. And we're going to look at generational blessings. Amen? Let's bow our heads all over the house. This morning, if you need anything from God, you need anything from God, you need to be anointed and play, prayed for. God is wanting to move and God's wanting to touch in your life. But you've got to be willing to take a step and allow God to do that. As we pray, if you need something this morning, need to be anointed and prayed for, would you come? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, Father, I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. I thank you for this great and wonderful opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house to worship and praise you. Father, I thank you for allowing us to lay down this little bit of a foundation this morning to be able to dig into your word and to be able to touch at the heart of what you would have for your people. Father, I'm thankful that I'm a part of the Pentecostal movement. I'm thankful that I've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. God, I'm not, I know you're not done with me yet. God, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. God, I know that you're still working on my life. And God, I'm praying right now that you'll continue to move on this church body. Continue to touch the hearts and lives of each one that's here this morning. God, those that are here, those that are on live feed, I thank you and I praise you for all the blessings you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said, Amen and Amen. Would you, would you just take one moment and would you just have a seat? i got to share something exciting with you. I think I shared it last 
think I shared it last Sunday morning, but I want to share something with you. I got two slides. Coosa Valley Church of God, as a small country church, 340 churches in the state of Alabama, countless number of churches all across this nation. Coosa Valley Church of God, in the year 2020 and 2021, in the World Missions Department, you won the largest total per membership runner-up and the largest amount per member winner and YWEA silver winner on both years. Would you give God a head clap of appreciation? When you give in your tithes and your offerings, these monies are just not going somewhere just to, yes, they're paying the power bill and all of those things, but they're also going into the missions. Let me tell you something, church. We firmly believe that missions is very important. Amen? There's multiple areas of missions that we, support, we sponsor and support. We have, a, we have a missions project in Scotland. YWEA, which does a different missions project every year. We also have a Home for Children. These areas of missions, that's what this is counting towards. When we give towards those, God is going to bless in those areas of missions. Amen? The next slide is for our women's ministries. Our women's ministries, outstanding job these last two years. In the year 2019, 2020, 2020, and 2021, they won six awards. Care and Benevolence, both years. Women on a Mission, both years. Home Missions, one. And Covenant Sisters, the second. Would you give them a hand clap? You want to know how to help in those areas? See Sister Carrie. Sister Amanda. Sister Frances. You see one of those three ladies and they'll, they'll help you get plugged in. And this is a great, these are great areas of ministry. And I'm going to tell you something. The lady at the state office, I better, I better, I better dismiss live feed before I say that. Go ahead, go off. Bye, live.